York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jayless from Nick of Time Show here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And, and it's time to talk about a Knicks loss after the Knicks showed some promising progress yesterday against the Spurs. The Knicks come out flat against the Pacers, uh, who is a struggling team on a back-to-back and lose 102 to 122. And usually I'll have my guy Ryan G read the stats and the facts after a loss like this, but he's not here right now due to some family stuff. So I got to bear through it and read these stats for you real quick. <laughs> so RJ Barrett gives you 19 points, negative 25 on the night. Hitting that bruh. Uh, uh, Julius Randle gives you 18 points, negative 22 on the night. Give me that bruh again. Bruh. Also, Evan Fournier, 7 points. Alec Burks, 15 points. And Obi Topping gives you 13 points on the night. But most importantly, he gives you, I think, 19 minutes, which is what I like to see. On the other side of the ball, though, we have Chris Dorta, who gives you 23 points. A bonus, who gives you 21 points. And Miles Turner, who gives you 22 and we're all going to talk the good and the bad and the ugly and today it was mostly ugly and the ugly and a little bit more ugly but <laughs> before we can break down this game let me, let me introduce my guy this is one of my favorite video guys on nick's twitter um my man ariel man so what's going on ariel how you doing today <laughs> happy to be here man appreciate you having me on um ugly loss but ready to talk about it yeah, definitely definitely ready to talk about it, man. And before you even talk about that, shout out to my guys uh, who is waiting patiently. Shout out to my guy, Big Reeker, uh, Don Hines, Picks for Timmy, uh, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Sorry I wasn't able to come on the show yesterday. My computer was acting up, so we did a little impromptu one on IG. But we're back today talking these next basketball with you guys. Now let's get into it. Um, So, Ariel, man. <sighs> There's a lot of things to attack here. I'm trying to not make this like a like a big uh for lack of a better word, bitching session. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's think. really it's really easy to do it because there was really nothing going right today. Especially the first half of the game, we scored pretty well, but it seems like there were defensive plugs all over the court from the 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 point of attack defense to the backline defense. So tell me, Ariel, what did you see? What did you feel like one of our biggest problems was today when we faced these Pacers? Um, exactly what you said. Um, point of attack defense was bad. You know, Fournier, you know, Duarte got wherever he wanted on the floor. Fournier, you know, could have played a little better defensively, to say the least. A little bit. RJ wasn't great either against Levert. Nope. Um, Brogdon, Brogdon was good, too. Um, the backline, like you said, wasn't good either. Mitch struggled out there which was a little disappointing after the game he had against the Spurs yesterday. Mm. And Todd wasn't, you know, first game in a while, so I'm not going to be too harsh on Todd, but he wasn't that effective either. It was just uh, Caitlin Cooper, She's a, she covers the, the Pacers on Twitter. She's one of the smartest people you can follow. Um, she mentioned that, like, the Pacers weren't even running plays. They were kind of just running just pick and rolls, and they kind of got whatever they wanted. They weren't even running plays. They just run pick and roll. And uh, pick and roll defense has definitely been on Achilles' heel. And I'm gonna tell you somebody who, who listen, like you said, everybody had problems today. RJ Barrett, I've been really, I've been harping on RJ Barrett's off the ball defense. I've always felt like his on ball defense has been pretty solid. Today, 
Levert got whatever he wanted. I'm um, going to the hole today against RJ. Couldn't keep a man in front of him. Um, but the biggest thing to me was Evan Fournier uh, was was atrocious. He, he again to me when it comes to transition, when it comes to transition defense, when it comes to knowing where to rotate. I feel like Evan Fournier is the guy who gets lost the most um, besides Randall on transition. Um, would you agree with that? And did you see that today? I think the thing with Fournier is I think he's one of those guys that, like, if, his, if he's not involved in the offense, like, his defense kind of suffers because of it. Yeah. And when he doesn't have it going, you know, I think it makes it harder for him to defend. I don't know why there's certain guys who are like that. Because um, if you remember, like, in the beginning of the season, he had good moments on defense. Right. He's, not, he's never going to be, like, the game changer on defense. He's just, you know, a little slow-footed. But he does have good height, which helps. And if you're just in the right spot with, and he's 6'7", you can contest a lot of shots. But I don't know, when his when his shot isn't going or he's not getting enough touches, his defense kind of suffers on that end. Um, so that that's an issue. Um, I don't know. With, with RJ, it's like people expected him to take this big leap this year. And I thought the league was going to come more defensively. And he kind of showed it in the very, very early stages of the season and in the preseason. Right. But it's kind of dropped off since for some reason. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that. that I think it was a preseason game against the Wizards when um, he had an awesome defensive game against Bradley Beal. Right. Um, haven't really seen much of that since. So, not sure why. Maybe he's going through an injury or something we don't know about. Um, but him kind of, like, regressing on defense is been a problem because the Knicks don't really have that point of attack defender. He was supposed to be that guy. Um, so yeah, that, that's been one of the many issues that are plaguing the Knicks right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And here's the thing. When Ryan G was here, he would say that um, exactly what you said. There are guys on his team who, when they don't touch the ball, they don't get inspired. And there's a domino effect that happens. Things lack. The problem yeah. right now with our offense in general is it's very it's very iso heavy right like even in the first half we, we scored well but it's still very iso heavy and to keep the guys that we have on this team happy we have to we like we have to move the ball even when we're scoring we have to move the ball like you see I've seen instances where we're up and when Evan Fournier is not involved what I see happen is he'll start to iso himself and then sh- and chuck bad shots, and I saw that today as well. And all and of course the defense happens as well. So and it's funny because I know this isn't realistic, but it seems like there's a guy on this team named Quentin Grimes who actually might be a better fit for the starting lineup. Because it seems like he he can get into a game and shoot a three after being cold, and you might not require the ball to play defense, and it seems like that could be a more natural fit going forward. But I just you know it's just you're not going to do that to a rookie. Am, am I crazy to think that? <laughs> um, I think there are basketball reasons, and I think there are non-basketball reasons, like 48 contracts for why right. you won't see that happen. Right, you don't give a guy 18 mil or whatever for season, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> for a rookie especially as well. Um, and there's a thing like you know, you know, Tibbs called out RJ for his 
like I, I don't know if it was I'm not gonna say lack of work ethic, but he said you know he wasn't putting up shots like he used to, um, or whatever it was. And then he also benched uh, Mitch. I think part of coaching is like knowing how guys are gonna react. And Fournier might not be a guy who would react positively, but like being benched, you know, Fournier is obviously not playing well. And if he was benched, it would probably be deserved. But you risk kind of losing him for the whole season if he's a guy that's gonna react poorly to it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he's a guy who's under contract for a while, so. I see the I see the logic to it. I don't think it's like out of this world. Like, um, but I do think you need Fournier to get going if you do want to kind of reach the ceiling of this team. I think Fournier for his struggles, not not putting all the blame on him. I do think some of it is the offense. He's not as like involved right. as I kind of imagined going into the season. Um, whenever mm. he gets the ball, it's sort of like, oh, here's just your turn. It's not like right. slow the offense a lot of times. So I think it's hard for him to kind of get going. Yeah, I agree. Is right now it's all my turn, your turn offense. I think that was the good the good thing about the game for us yesterday was we shared the ball, right? But here's another thing that I'm starting to realize. Julius Randle plays better when he's double teamed. <laughs> like we I feel like he's mentally I'm talking about this season. I'm talking about recently now. I'm not talking about his entire career. I feel like He's turned. He's gotten to a place where he's starting to turn the corner in the thought process of I'm not going to be selfish when there's two men on the ball and I'm content only taking two shots and a half. Now there's a thing where it's like, all right, I'm single coverage and I'm just I'm chucking it up right now. And whether he makes it or not, sometimes even with him making it because of the guys that have our team who need touches as well. Like, it still ultimately hurts us in the long run. Like, RJ got hot in the first quarter, didn't catch, didn't catch the ball in the second quarter. Uh, Evan Fournier didn't really touch the ball at all in the first half. So, it's like, the off. I feel like the offense needs to be restructured somehow. And I thought it might take time for it to happen. I'm not sure what they're going over in practice, so they need more practice to, to implement stuff like that. But it seems like it's really on again, off again. And we only really seem to share the ball more, at least the first unit does, when Randall is being double teamed. I think I think the offense is just very. I think a lot of guys in the offense don't know when and where their shots are coming from. Um, their games, especially early in the season, saw a lot of next fans complaining about like RJ not getting enough touches. Um, I think Fournier sometimes doesn't get enough touches. Sometimes Julius is taking like ten shots and a half, and then like I guess Spurs he takes two in the first half. Right, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer all the time. You know, there's some games where Julius is gonna have to like be the you know the hub, and he has to like take take some tough shots, you know, against certain teams, against the better teams especially. Right. Um. But overall, it just feels like there's no like continuity game to game. Like we don't know right. who who is gonna take how many shots. Like it, it seems very like sporadic in general. Um. I do think one bright spot has been Alec Burks. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know where the team would be without Alec Burks. It's crazy to say. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, like he's been, he's kind of becoming like a Tibbs guy too, which is kind of cool to see. Um, Tibbs is relying on him a bunch, but I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. The, the offense is very, um, it's ugly, especially when they're not hitting shots. You can tell like it becomes like a slog and the game gets very ugly and like, it becomes tough to watch, actually. So I can right. imagine how it feels to be on the court. It's not enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, it's, there's a lot of problems going on right now. And a lot of guys are just having down seasons. I tweeted this 
not too long ago, but it was just the rest of the season is going to come down to whether these guys like Julius, Fournier, RJ, even Mitchell Robinson, are they just having like a rough stretch? Is this just a rough first 25 games or is it going to end up being a rough season? Right. Um, do, there's still plenty of time to turn things around. They're only a game under 500 now or 500. I can't remember. But either way, like there's still plenty of time to figure things out. And it's a good thing that they are um, around hovering around 500 while they figure out their struggles. But good points. Are they going to figure out their struggles? The question. Right. All good points, man. The East right now, it's it's a more talented East. Everything is packed in. So one game, it's one or two, three games. You're right back in the mix. Um, we're not that far away from first place. We're not that far away out of the playoff race. So we, you're right. It's gloom and doom right now. We've we lost a few games, but um, we can definitely still figure this out. And we just we just need to do it. Um, and it's it's going to take a bunch. It's going to take Mitchell Robinson because you know Mitchell Robinson played inspired yesterday. He played inspired yesterday. He seemed like the benching. It kind of helped his psyche. Like he came out like a bat out of hell yesterday. Um, yeah. Today, not so much. Um, R.J. Barrett, it seems like he was sick for a few weeks. Tom Tom Thibodeau came out and said that uh, you know that's the reason why he wasn't taking as many shots. So he didn't. It, it, I know it seemed like a, a shot at R.J., but maybe not as much. And now that he's back to shooting, the bright spot is his shooting is back right now. He's, he's he scored 19 points. He shot 60 percent from three. Um, continuing from yesterday, so. There's some things that has to happen for these guys to get back on track. Mitch, you know, continue to lose to lose weight and uh, you know get his conditioning right, um, and RJ Barrett getting his shot together. But um, ultimately, I think it seems like they're turning the corner. I think Evan Fournier needs to turn the corner as well. And it's, he started to it seem like, but now it seems like he's regressing again. Yeah, he's just been very inconsistent. There's some games where you're like, oh, this is why they signed Fournier. And then there are other games where they're like, why they signed, why did they sign Fournier? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, one thing I will say about Mitchell Robinson and Conor Murray and Noel is the reason why I was like kind of high on this team, I didn't think there'd be a steep defensive drop-off coming into the season just because I thought they would always have 48 minutes of elite room protection. You were going to have Mitch or Noel in the game basically at all times. Right. And mostly due to injury, those guys just haven't, they either haven't been on the court or they haven't been effective when they've been on the court. Right. And when you do take that step back and you find a Fournier and you let Bullock go, I don't think Bullock was this all-world defender, but he was a good, solid defender. Right. Um, when you take that step back, it just puts more pressure on your centers, Mitch and Noel, to be good defensively. And now that those guys have also haven't been as good, mostly due to injuries, um, it, it's exacerbating all the defensive issues. Because now if a Fournier gets beat, the help isn't there in a play, and now it's an easy layup or it's an easy drop off pass to the big. So Facts. there's just a lot of issues that are just compounding each other. Facts. Health being health being the biggest one. I know you hear this all the time. Best availability is availability right now. Um, I liked. I was. I didn't mind the Mitch weight gain as much because I knew we had Noel to counteract that and kind of like be able to play all over the place and play faster. Um, but now with with Mitch do. With Mitch Gain, the way he seems like he's not as agile and perimeter as he was his first two years. Like, we haven't seen the Mitch that blocks threes. Remember, that was, like, a thing. Like, one of the things I loved about Mitch in his first two years was, wow, this center can block threes and protect the rim at the same time. What center in the league can do that? Nobody. Mitch can't do that anymore. So (laughs) He was switching on uh, Dane Garden and blocking his step-back threes. I remember that. He was... 
crazy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like he led the he led the he led the league for centers who blocked threes. I think his first or second year, I can't remember which one. But um I didn't mind it as much that he gained weight because we had, I figured, okay, we still have Noel who can still guard at three-point line. With both of those guys both battling injuries, it's it's really touch and go for our defense. It's it's rough right now. It's very rough right now. But uh, so, so, salute to the chat, man. I, I see we got a caller up. Salute to everybody rocking with the KOT show so far. And shout out to uh, my guy Ariel, who's one of my favorite Knicks video guys on Twitter. So definitely give him a follow. But shout out to D-Nice. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Don Hines, Janice Megan, uh, Rodney Sandin, my guy. Uh, we served 100 people. Shout out to you as well. And everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. Reaper, um, I see you're, you're next. Let them know where you, what your name is. I even know I said it. And where you're from. And <laughs> what do you want to say about tonight's game? Or just your thoughts yeah, in general? Uh, this is Big Reaper calling from Jersey. Yeah, I don't even know, obviously, where to start. But I guess story kind of big themes and then go to individual uh, players. But um, I just kind of think this is um, is an issue with, like, you know, we just don't have uh, wing defenders anymore. Um, you know, I've always said R.J. Barrett, you know, he's not, you know, sometimes he's solid on ball, but he's just not a very good defender. Um, and actually, if you look at the stats for, you know, all the advanced analytics, um, this season for all the games, it's like he's been he's been subpar, um, and he's like our biggest wing defender. Right. And then on top of that, then you have uh, Fournier. He just he's terrible. I thought he was going to be at least a little better on the Tibbs. Yeah. It's just like it feels like he he's even feeling more pressure on his team, and he's actually regret. He I've never seen him play defense this bad. He's been really bad on the defensive end. And um, and then with and then with uh, Alec Burks, honestly, Alec Burks has improved on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. But now you're asking him to, you know, like before it was good when he was playing defense on backups, but now he's starting and he's playing defense against Thardas, and he has to do it for like 30 minutes plus. Right. And it, you know, it's tough. You know, so now you've seen even his uh, the analytics for his defense has regressed as well. So it's just that overall, our perimeter defense is just really bad, and uh, all. And then obviously, uh, Mitchell Robinson, he's he's gained a lot of weight. But honestly, one of the biggest reasons it doesn't really help, uh, why it's not helping, um, why he looks really bad with the weight gain, is because we constantly have people running into the lane and like just breaking yeah. down the defense. And so, so it's not even like you know it doesn't help him at all. But he is out of shape, and uh, he needs to lose the weight. But honestly, I think it's going to take him at least the whole season and probably and an off season before he's back in the shape uh, at this rate. Either that or, like, and uh, you would have to – they would have to basically get him a nutritionist that will basically watch everything he eats and make him just eat mostly vegetables and be healthy because I think food is probably the other part of it, too. Because he's mm. playing a lot. This is a basketball season, yeah. right? And this is like 25 games in. So although he has dropped some weight, but then you have to look at the food. And a lot of these young guys, they just don't listen. Even Mitch, even Mitch has said it. He said he doesn't even listen to the trainers to have the stuff he said. Early in the season, he admitted yeah, it. He like, yeah, he did. They trying to get him to lift, you know, and he never wanted to lift. But this season, this, this offseason, this time is the listened. only thing he could do. But he finally did it <laughs> yeah. for the first time. So... He's definitely not listening to them when it comes to food, probably. 
And so I just think it was, unfortunately, the experiment that, you know, of bringing Fournier and Kemba Walker, we thought like, you know, they were going to improve on the defensive end under Tibbs. And basically, with uh, they were decent offensive player, above average offensive players, but it just hasn't worked. And then the other reason why we're really struggling on the offense, if you watch Fournier closely, um, off the dribble, like we, the hope was, yeah, he would basically be a playmaker. They would be able to run some plays for him, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's basically. Uh, where he creates plays either for himself or for his teammates. But when he has uh, defense on him, when there's a little pressure uh, defense on him, his handle is very weak. Um, and so that's that's one of the biggest problems we're also having because he just, he has a weak handle um, and it's just, you know, especially when there's tough defense on him. So it's just, you know, that's pretty much it. And, um, you know, and RJ, I wanted to talk about RJ yesterday because I don't like beating a dead horse. You know, like he's been having terrible games. But I want – because yesterday right. somebody even uh, put a message in your uh, in the chat saying, yeah, he went 7 of 8, but he shot 4 of 12 uh, within the three. And that's what you have to pay attention to. Um, RJ Barrett needs to learn to finish. Um, honestly, it's uh, – you know, I, early in the season, I do think it's not just because of sickness why he wasn't taking shots. Early in the season, he made, he made a comment that raised my eyebrow where he was saying he's learning to be more efficient in his practice so he doesn't have to practice as much. RJ needs a lot of repetition. He doesn't need, like, you know, he doesn't need to take, like, time off. He needs a lot of repetition so he needs to so he can improve. And, you know... If he's not improving that, you can also tell he's like he's not paying attention to film session. It's like he doesn't even know who he's playing half the time. Um, so it's uh, he it's just you know, but this year it's I think uh, you know I thought the Knicks were going to do well, really well this season. But I honestly I hate to be the guy guy to like to pull the panic button and all that stuff. But you know honestly they really uh, they might be panicking a little bit because all the you know, all the people that you really counted on yeah. uh, for this reason, they're just like, they're not, it feels like they're going in the wrong direction or they're not doing the right thing. So, you know, that's pretty much, you know, what I'm seeing from, from this team. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So. A lot of interesting takes taken there, man. Thank you. Thanks. Reaper, yeah. always uh, some great insight. Thank you for the call, Reaper, for sure. All right. Thanks for taking yeah, my call. Have a good night, guys. Man, so I got the sense that Reaper feels like, Tom coming back and saying he was sick is like a cover. I, I said I feel like he's saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think it's a cover or not? I mean, he's still been bad. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the story at the end of the day, you know? Right. Um, and and even if they are covering for him, I mean, that's kind of what you want to do for your player. You kind of want to, you know, right. show him some support. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he hit a lot, you hit on a lot of, um, like, very valid points. Um, the defense is just taking a step back, and the offense, the assumed offensive, you know, approach, like uh, boost hasn't come in. Fournier hasn't been that guy that we thought he would be. Right. Um, again, part of it is because he just can't hit a shot right now, but I also think it's also because he isn't that involved in the flow of the offense. I think when he gets the ball, it's more so of just a like, oh, Fournier hasn't touched the ball in two, three minutes. Let's just make sure he, you know, gets a touch. Um, and the only real actions he ever really gets get that are, like, run by the Knicks are, like, that dribble handoff that he does with Julius. Right. He has been pretty good. Um, 
and it was really good at the beginning of the season, and especially in the preseason, um, it was it was fun to watch. Um, but it, it kind of disappeared for whatever reason. Right. Um, yeah. So I, there's there are a lot of issues. Um, uh, what did you think about what he said? I I man, like the <laughs> continuity, like again, like you said, uh, just based off based the things touching the things that you said, I I've yet to really see a game where RJ. And Fournier have a good game on the same day. I don't think it's happened. I'm gonna be honest. Unless it happened very, very early in the season. Off the top of my head, right now, I don't remember that happening. It feels like there's always someone who's playing, you know, like below their level. You know what I'm saying? It's either RJ struggling, right. Fournier struggling, or Julius has one of those games. It's it's like they haven't had a real good collective game. I think the Spurs game was kind of the best we've had, but Fournier even then wasn't all that great. Right. So it's like. Uh, Give it take, and, and and that's what I'm saying about the offense. Is so it's very much my turn, your turn. When RJ has the ball, when RJ is going, um, Fournier is reduced to a guy who just kind of sits in the corner. So it's like RJ is like, it's like RJ and Randall kind of take turns. If if Randall's in single coverage, like if if they're single coveraging Randall, and RJ has it going, it's RJ and Randall take turns. If they're single coveraging Randall. Um, then it, then one day it might be just Randall and Fournier take turns, and I feel like they they uh, jump back and forth between the two, and then it, I feel like when Randall gets doubled, then it's double swing swing swing, everybody gets involved, and I, I think that's why yesterday we saw a little bit of RJ and a little bit of Fournier because that's the games where Randall gets doubled, so everybody touches the ball when Randall gets doubled. Like I still think mm-hmm. there's still. A world where we complicate this offense more and and involve everybody, single coverage or not. And I know, I know, like there's, I know there's times where you, you know, you have the mismatch. I mean, like a Chicago game, right? The Chicago game, Randall's the tallest thing there. No one can handle single coverage. It makes perfect sense now because he can just bully ball everybody with no resistance. But there's certain games I still feel like there's certain games where. Single coverage and ISO ball, even though working short term, is going to be long term beneficial for this team on both ends. And mm-hmm. how many assists did we have today? I we had 17, 17 assists today to twenty seven by the Pacers. I think we had ten assists and in the half. So we had ten assists in the first half, and then seven six in the second half. So, Bruh. yeah, I don't know. In the man. first half, Mm-hmm. In the first half, the Knicks kind of got whatever they wanted driving to the basket, too, which they kind of went away from, um, which I guess when you get down, you kind of feel like you have to take more threes in general. Right. But I don't know. It just feels like there needs to be uh, more continuity. I don't know how you build that. It feels like a – I don't know. It just feels like everybody's not in sync. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel fluid. It, it, it doesn't feel fun to watch. And that's kind of when you know that a team kind of has, like, a groove is when it feels like kind of fun to watch. And there's been very few moments, especially when you, if you don't consider the bench, because the bench usually has that synergy. Right. It has since last season, but it's just, it's always been the stark difference between the starters and the bench. Um, Even, but the bench yeah. wasn't all that great today. So yeah. Good. Even the bench, like, and I've been praising quickly about his, his point of attack defense. He was getting beat too. Uh, everybody was getting beat. Obi's help defense was bad today. I feel like, Everybody, I feel like everybody was pretty much bad today. Yo. It was. I don't think it was really yeah. that much. To, <laughs> the the only good thing there I got to see. Positive. Oh, go ahead. Go. What you say? No, I was just gonna say there weren't too many positives. <laughs> there really wasn't. There really wasn't. The only positive I really got to see was my my pick 
the the freaking uh between the legs fast break dunk from Obi Toppin. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. And and I, I was like, definitely, I like the balls on this guy to try this in a fast break. That was just Obi saying, "Coach, play me, damn it! Like notice me." Yeah. That, they were cool. losing too when he did it. I think you know, it takes a lot of you know. A, a lot, lot of balls. to do that when you're losing. You probably figured I'm only gonna play ten minutes anyway. I might as well do this. But but, <laughs> but the second part of that today was he played 19 minutes and 30 seconds today. So yeah. that's probably the most minutes I actually seen him play in a long time. So even though I think a part of that was foul trouble though, it was. Mitch got in trouble and then Todd wasn't great. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like I don't I don't think those were like. Oh, you're playing better. Here's some more minutes. I think it was just like we have no other options. I need you to play more minutes. No, that's exactly what it was. That's, ex- yeah. that's, that's exactly what it was. But I mean, nonetheless, it happened. If you wanted to see it, um, then well, let's talk about that. I, I see JT's right in the ring. What did you think about the OB? I, I can't even. I don't even want to. It wasn't even fair to even judge it today. But what did you think about the OB Randall minutes? Because we've seen some OB Randall, Randall minutes today. Hmm. It was it was decent actually. I think in the first half it was it was decent. Um, but I think the point of it when you play Ob and Randall together, right. it puts even more pressure on your point of attack defense to be good. Um, because there's no backline rim protector, there's no Mitch, there's no Noel. You know, it's it's Randall and Ob, and like, you know, every once in a while they can maybe block a shot or two, but they're not they're not going to deter anybody from getting to the basket. So you, it puts more pressure for you to. To, for your point of attack defense to be good, and it was just awful today. There was no resistance whatsoever. Um, it's still good that they're playing together. I still think that's their best, like, offensive, like, front court is when those two play together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, defensively, just wasn't there today because the point of attack defense was so bad. Yeah, which is why I was like, I wanted to mention it because it happened for the, for more than usual today, than today, but I feel like this wasn't even a fair representation because of what was going on others, <laughs> from our point, from our guards getting just beat. All day long, so I don't know. It was it was a rough one today. It was a rough one. But sh- salute to the chat. I see some extra people walking in. Shout out to Dana Cox. Shout out to We Survive 100 People. Shout out to D Nice. Shout out to my guy Eric Nucky Fresh in the building. Um, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. If you like the show so far, please hit that like and subscribe button. And I see my man JT. He's called in, man. My man, all 82 JT. Um, come through, JT. Let us know um what you, what you want to talk about and, and your point of view. You're, you're, you know, all 82 in the building. What's mm-hmm. the move, fellas? Um, all right, gunshots just for y'all, and that's it. Bro, stick for the whole game. That, this game Bruh. was was not it. It's, um, it's, it's not. <laughs> then the consistency is just not there. Yeah, consistency is not there. That's really all, all we could say it comes down to. It's like you don't know what you're getting. They are, they're looking like Knicks teams of the past where it's like, at least, like we, you know, we hate to keep going back to last season, but that was our good season. Even if we lost, we still play tough defense. You know, right? All Forty-eight minutes of the game. So now it seems like when, like Clyde says all the time on the telecast, when the ball is moving, we got a good. You know, we we, we the game is going to be better. But then it's like they stick to ISO, and then only the center is setting the pick. And I, you know, I said that a couple. I said that earlier in the season was like I don't know why they can't why they, why two guys can't set a pick to free up whether it's going to be Fournier. Or even quick for his, you know, for his open shot or something. It seems like it's just like they just don't have an identity, and is and like there's no other way we could all keep saying whether it's the players, whether it's Tibbs. I can't put my finger on it to figure out what it is. To um, answer the earlier, might give my thoughts on the Ob uh, Randall teaming. I like it for offense, but it seems like for me, 
with defenses like Obi and Randall, sometimes even when they're on the floor together, they, they're still too focused on the perimeter. I'm like, you guys are playing the four and the five. It should be a little more closer to the post for a better help defense because, of course, you're not seven feet like Mitch and Noel, but at least to, you know, to double up on a big guy or, or switch over and double up on the four so, you know, we don't get killed in the inside because that's what happens to us all the time on, you know, whenever. Yeah. That's so, hard. That's, that's tough, that's though. Like, <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I know. I know. I know. But they get paid millions of dollars. They got to figure it out. They play in New York. Because <laughs> <laughs> like today, so, Miles Turner drained one in our eye when he did that. But I think I, think I saw a player already helped off. And Miles Turner was just camping yeah, and hit right. a three. And it was just like, well, see, now he held off. And look who we are. So it's like, it's, it's, it's tough. It's just tough. But go ahead. <laughs> it, it it is tough. It is tough, and you just can't really put your finger on it because, like, when like we just say, it's like when everybody. That's the point. We have uh, we supposed to have Burks, Fournier, RJ, and Julius. That's four playmakers. Quote pl- playmakers. Facts. But it's like they don't. I it's like you just like wh- like whenever however they feel when they wake up in the morning. All right, we all gonna be playmakers today. Or then we all gonna be on, on play ISO ball. And that's what I saw today. Like you saw, he's like, okay, everyone's just looking for their own shot. And every time we do that, we always lose. So I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's it's frustrating to watch. The only thing is, everybody keeps talking about trade this, trade that. But like, let's be real. You can't make a big trade this early in the season with these people who just signed up, signed their new contracts. Because you're gonna have to wait. It's unfortunate. I mean, unless we, unless I'm, unless I'm wrong, but it's just just realistically, I don't know. Unless y'all disagree with me, but. You ain't trading Randall. He's not even into his his uh, extension. Fournier, maybe you have a shot at trading Fournier, but is is this is a, is difficult? Like if we if we're next year. If we're next year, then it's more realistic. You could trade Noel Fournier because they're on the last day of the contract. But who's really going to take those? Who's really going to take these contracts on at the moment? So, but right. that's all I got. I ain't got no real hot takes. Nothing. All eighty two. Even though we tight, but still, as always, all eighty two. All, right. all we can do is hope that this team that this team figures it out. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the fellas, I'm out. Peace, All right, salute, 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 right, to, salute to my guy JT, man. Thanks for calling in. Um, shit, we talked about this on IG. Might as well bring it to YouTube because I, I don't know how much of y'all, how many of y'all came to the IG yesterday. But he mentioned the trade, man. He mentioned some trade rumors. You already heard the trade rumors. You heard that you know the paces are imploding. And because the paces are imploding, there are a couple of names that are on the trade block. Uh, so bonus being one of them, Levert being one of them, Miles Turner also being one of them. All three of those guys killed us in one way or the other today. <laughs> um, the one that seems the most likely to happen if there was something to happen seems like, seems like all hypotheticals, it, it would be Miles Turner, if anything, because of the rumors that were going on last season. No, I mean, last offseason anyway. So, Ariel, I want to get your thoughts on this because mm-hmm. we, we talked about, you know, if if we trade for Turner, it seems like Mitch would be one of the odd men out. Now, Mitch alone put in, in match the contracts. It probably have to be Mitch in pieces. And, you know, Turner makes, what, $17.5 million. So somebody else would have to be involved besides Mitch in the second round of that, you know, because, you know, people was like, Mitch in the second round there. Like, no, nah, he caught 17.5 minutes. So it's going to be more than Mitch in the, the second round. The don't even say yes to that either way. So. Exactly. So do you feel like Miles so my Turner? Thoughts... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So just my thoughts real quick is just that 
Miles Turner, if they trade him for Miles Turner, depending on the package, as long as they don't overpay, he does make the Knicks better in the immediate. And he is a good center. He's only 25. I don't know if most people realize that. He's young. Um, that's the kind of guy you can have around for a while. Right. Um, the question is just what does he cost to get? And exactly. is the cost worth a marginal? Like, he's not a ceiling raiser. I think he's a floor raiser. So, like, if they traded for Miles Turner this season, are the Knicks going to be better? Yes. How much is the question? And and then is the cost worth being that much better? Is is winning another play, an extra playoff game or, you know, maybe a higher seed, is it worth um, giving up extra assets? In my opinion, I think you kind of have to hope that these guys figure it out just because I think the Knicks are in prime position to eventually trade for a disgruntled star, whoever it is. Um, I think they have a ton of young assets, and then they've been kind of structuring their contracts around the idea that they are going to either sign someone or trade for someone. The reason why they're adding all these team options and they're signing these guys to these team-friendly deals. Noel isn't on a bad contract. It's only 10 mil. And after this year, it's essentially a one-year deal just because of the team option. Um, Fournier is the only deal that's one year longer. This is looking a little shakier now than we thought initially. Um, so it just kind of depends on what is the cost. And a lot of people are like throwing around, like you mentioned, this Mitchell Robinson second-round pick, Kevin Knox. That's not getting it done. No. You also have to put yourself in the mindset of the Pacers. And why would you do that deal? I don't know. I don't think. I think. I think if the Pacers are going to say yes to a deal with the Knicks, it's either going to it's going to have to include RJ Obiq, and you're not doing either of those three if you're the Knicks, most likely. And I don't think the Pacers are going to be necessarily high on a Quentin Grimes or a Deuce McBride, for example. So I kind of see the deal. It's kind of hard to match that deal up, even though it sounds good on paper. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said, he's the better player, right? My thought, my thought process was, I would think about it and it would be on my radar. But then when you yeah, look sure. at, but but it's also when you look at, when you look at what we have, and look at how much he costs, right? The cost seventeen point five million. We're kind of strapped for cash right now, right? He's he you have he has him for seventeen point five. You have him for this year and next season, and then after next season, he's expiring contract. And he's 25 years old. So after that, what you're thinking is, what's the market? What's the market after he expires? Are you going to be able to re-sign him for a reasonable contract? He's 26. I don't know if you hear me talk about this. When a 26-year-old, what do people do when they're 26-year-old in the NBA? They go for the bag. Yeah. <laughs> they go for the bag. <laughs> this is 26 years old. Usually is around when the usually when you're around 26, 27, 28. That's when you get your biggest bag of your career. Usually, so that's your prime. Yeah. Yes, your prime. So that's when you cash in. So now you think we trade our assets. We traded first a first round pick for him. Are you going to be able to then possibly pay him more than seventeen and a half for the following years that we have him? And that's when it starts to get shaky. Even though, even though you know, I would really love a stretch center next to, to Julius Randle. It's, it's, it seems it seems like a good idea, but I'm not sure if we can pull it off, especially considering the pieces we have. When it feels like we're better off using the gluts at guard to make another move for like a, a more established start rather than a really good piece next to Randall. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Knicks making. Um, I'm not trying to undersell the impact Miles Turner will have, but I don't see the Knicks making a kind of marginal move. I think if they do make a move, it'll be a bigger one, and I don't think it comes this season. Um, I, I just 
I think they've been collecting their assets. And just the way we've seen it, like even the trade for Derrick Rose last year, they, they basically gave up nothing of value to them. Dennis Smith Jr. was well on his way out. And the second round pick, cause they have a ton of it, and it's a second rounder. Doesn't really have too much value. I just think they're not going to give up something of value unless it's for someone that they know is a real game changer. Right. And I just think they've been accumulating these assets for a reason. And they're going to, I think they're eventually going to swing big for someone. And I don't think Miles Turner is that guy, but I do think he makes the team better. And if they made the deal, depending on the cost, obviously, I'd be for it. But again, it depends on the cost at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, who would you? I don't even know. Every time I think about who to give up, I think about the impact. I think about the impact, right? Because right now we're struggling with guards who can make plays. We're str- <laughs> we're struggling with guards who can make plays, and come on, right? Say we give up Obi, right, for Miles Turner, mm-hmm. hypothetically. The impact that Obi can have on a team, I feel like his ceiling is bigger than Miles Turner, to me. Like I feel like, uh, he, uh, I, hmm. I'm, I think I think Miles. Has more of an impact just because of his defensive. I think Miles Turner is one of the best rim protectors in the league, and I think the Knicks don't have that right now with this right. of Mitch and the world they have. Um, I, I, okay. Maybe in a few years. But That's what I'm now, talking about. So, I'm talking about in a few so, years, not 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 now. Okay. I'm, talking, I'm talking about in a few years. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about in a few years. I can I can see I can see Miles Turner being better for us right now, but then. I can see Obi being better than him in a few years, which is why if I was to trade Obi, I would more I would I would feel better trading, including Obi in a package with a more established star. If I were to even trade Obi, because I feel like that can, that's going to bite us in the butt anyway. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's my thinking, and and even with a guy like IQ, like losing him. To help the first unit, I feel like I feel like there's another glut again with our with our second unit, and a, another glut again with a guy who can stretch the floor and hit a three, and possibly be a, a guy who can um, be a better contributor down the line. So I feel like the contributions of the guy we trade can end up ha- they can have end up having a bigger role for us in the long run, just because they're guards, just because they're guards, yeah. and you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's really weird getting a guard to center trade off and the impact of the team like it's it's interesting to kind of quantify that i'd be very reluctant to trade iq um in general i think he has a very high ceiling whether he ever gets there is the question but i'm i'm pretty high on iq um mm-hmm. i think his like ability to create shots his, his shooting ability and he's shown very drastic improvement as a playmaker and even getting to the rim a little bit more this year so I'm, I'm pretty high on IQ. I, I definitely wouldn't include him in a deal for, for Turner. That's a pass for me. Right. Um. I don't know. I just think trading an IQ for a Turner is kind of not short-sighted because I don't think Miles is going to age poorly or anything. But I just think not the kind of deal you want to include someone with IQ's potential in. Right. Um. Obi, I think it is important to, to mention that he's he's only Miles is only two years older than Obi. Um. Mm. It's not this drastic thing. Miles Miles Turner is having arguably one of the better years of his career, especially offensively. Yeah. Um, career highs in three-point percentage so far, career highs in three-point attempts. So he's taking more, he's making more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Miles Turner does make the Knicks better. It's just, again, how much does it cost? Who does it cost? Is it worth the cost? Exactly. Miles Turner, like, uh, 39% from three this season from Miles Turner, something we desperately need, something that would work very well next to Julius Randle. I was hoping we would trade Kevin Knox for Mo Bamba last season when they're 
stock was low, but that boat is passed. Whatever, it's, it's too late for that now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't know. People people love to throw in just a quick thing. People love to throw in Kevin Knox and they're like fake trades, and I'm like, man, Knox doesn't have any value. Unless nah, matching he, salary. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's his only purpose in these fake trades. Um, yeah, Knox. Love Knox. I have no ill will against him, but he doesn't have any value right now. Exactly. That's why I was like when Zo- when Obama was 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 whack last year. I was like, yo, Knox in a second from Obama. I think there's something there. Now, if now if we do that, that's a laugh. They laughing at us if we, if we even offer that right now. We missed our boat, but whatever. Hang up the phone, Hang up the phone immediately, and then curse us out <laughs> for real. Block your number. <laughs> exactly. New new name. Who this? Like I don't know. <laughs> One of those type of deals. But yeah, man. So, salute to the chat, man. Um, yeah, that's our show, man. I, I we talked about everything to death. Next show is going to be Friday versus the Raptors, which I am not. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to. It, I'm not gonna lie. These games where I'm like, yeah, I feel like you can beat everybody. But the Raptors, I'm worried about the Raptors. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna hold punches. That had that game circled, of uh, to be a problem. <laughs> I will say one thing. I think we're going to find out a lot about the Knicks in this next 10 or so games um, after the Warriors game. I think they play the Raptors and the Bucks and the Warriors. But after that, there's like this like 10 game or so stretch where they're playing some very, some teams that are like not the, not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, very winnable stretch of games. So I think if they can like, I think if they do turn the season around, this is like kind of a stretch where it'll happen if it does happen. Right. Um, if not, it'll be kind of. It, it gets a little dreary, and it gets a little. It's gonna get a lot darker on Nick's, in Nick's land. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely right. I'm looking at the schedule right now on my, my my whiteboard here. We got Raptors, Warriors, then we got Rockets, then we got Celtics, then we got Pistons, then we got Wizards, yeah. then we got Hawks, Thunder, Pistons, Thunder. So, especially that little Pistons, Thunder, Pistons, Thunder sandwich for the last few weeks of of uh december it looks like we can make up some ground there we just have to weather the storm and maybe squeak out some games that we're not supposed to a uh, shout out to my guy ronnie sanders is a five dollar super chat and uh, thanks for any all the super chats are, are helpful it helps keep the lights on keeps the phones ringing and and keeps the production going shout out to my guy ronnie sanders who gives a five dollar super chat i don't think he's saying anything he says mitch oh wait, he got a trade proposal mitch two picks burke noel grimes a wedding ring a wedding ring. Is this for all for Miles Turner? Is that what you? <laughs> all right. A wedding proposal for the the Pacers, I guess, for Miles Turner. Not sure if they accept that, but <laughs> that's his proposal on the next. Shout out, shout out to my guy Roddy. All right. Oh man. But yo, man, that is our show, man. That is our show. Thanks, Ariel, for dropping by. Always love your insight, man. Definitely gonna have you back again. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Love being here. For sure, for sure. So, you know, just, you know, just let them shout know where they... Shout out to everyone in the chat, too. Hmm? That's a shout out to everyone in the chat, too. Oh, that's a fact. Definitely shout out to everybody in the chat. Yeah, so let them know, man. Let them know where they can find you, Ariel. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's at A Pacheco NBA. A-P-A-C-H-E-C-O-N-B-A. Um, anything, you just stay up to date with me. Follow me on Twitter. Everything I do, I post on there, so... Facts. Definitely, definitely a great follow. Definitely follow him for his... Uh, post breakdown videos that he posts on twitter good follow all right you already know where to find us man and your little graphic is not loading up i don't know what's happening i made you a little graphic so they can see <laughs> but um all good all good yeah 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 
Fritz, if you can, if you can find his his Twitter handle, you can post that in the chat so people can follow. If you can find that, Fritz. All right. Um, but you can find us at the KOT Show on Twitter. Also, you can find us on um, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram. We try to get to that 10K followers. I think we're like 980 something. We're like teetering, almost at that 10K. So get us, help us get to 10K on Instagram so we get the little swipe up thingy jammy and, and we can be legit legit on on there all right also follow us at the nick of time show.com to see um some blogs from us and yeah follow us on facebook as well that is our show and shout out to the chat once again and as always shout out the worldwide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess it's a mess out here all right that is our show we are out of here peace York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,